You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host. As always, we have our last episode of the financial year and it's only fitting that my favourite guest comes in to have a chat, give us an update about how things are going in the Perth metro market today. Brendan Ptolemy, Heron Todd White's Managing Director. Thanks for coming in, mate. G'day, Trent. Nice to be here. Very strange to be at the end of the financial year. Feels like the new year only started yesterday. It was only a few weeks ago, wasn't it, <laughs> yeah. that we were talking about how finally the market is going nuts and it's all up from here. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. I was looking at some notes just then uh, around what we're talking about in January. We were actually sitting around wondering what that volume would look like, what the market would do on the back of construction loans. We weren't scared because we, we understood understood that was certainly from a valuation point of view, we had a lot of volume coming through the system. I think it's fair to say that coming out the other side of that, the, the back end of that boom, that we've been am- amazed and shocked about the amount of volume that, that came through the system. It's been unbelievable. For me, I've been less amazed about the volume, but more about the consistency of the volume. It yep. hasn't stopped, right? And let me give you some numbers that you obviously you already know, but maybe mm. you can comment to On a weekly basis, we're pretty much doing, uh, as a state, 900-ish transactions a week. A year and a half ago, that was sitting at around 550, 600 transactions a week. So our market's up 50% in terms of volume, which obviously affects your business as well. Uh, In terms of our median house price, which I really hate talking about, but it's something that people like to hear about. We're back up to a 505 around there $1,000 as a median house price. We're still about 10% lower than we were in the boom. Our rental price is up to 440 a week, which we know was down at 350 Yep. Only a year and a half ago, right? And with our vacancy rate dropping from a high of 7.5% now down to 0.9%, which is just unbelievable, unsustainable. It's created so many problems. And our days on market, we're down to about 19 days. Back at the worst times in the market, we're in the 60s, 70s sort of days, right? So yep. as a median, with even the worst suburbs in Perth included in this number, less than three weeks to sell a property, which means the best ones, the ones in the top 10, they're less than a week. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It is. They are unbelievable stats. I, I think that I remember quoting some nearly 70 days to sell when we're at that point in the market where people just were not interested. Ven- vendors were wringing their hands, just wondering how they could get people interested in a property. And then, as you say, we've flipped completely the other way to a market where agents are now used to opening a property for a week getting all the offers lined up, multiple offers at selling their product. And now they're getting concerned as we go through this winter period where if they don't have multiple offers after week one of home open, uh, they're getting concerned that the market might have stopped. Isn't that such a warped view, right? We've spent so long being kicked in the teeth that our market isn't worthy of growth that after nine months of growth that we can see in the data, the second it starts to not be unbelievably ridiculous where people are just freaking out on a weekly basis, second it starts to calm down just a little bit and it takes more than a one home open to get 10 multiple offers on the table. The amount of agents that have been coming to myself that have been talking to you as well saying, oh, it's slowing down. Oh, I'm not sure. Ridiculous. Uh, Come on, guys. It is quite crazy. Obviously, it's natural human behavior in terms of having been running at an extremely high rate and being really successful. I've been amazed even in in our own business how you need to adjust your thinking again back to looking in the rearview mirror and going, okay, now what's the new normal? What was the situation pre this boom? And and even back to the interesting bit here is we need to go back two years. We can't look last year at COVID and say, what was that? That was abnormal. So what was before that? And obviously, 
you start having to delve a long way into the history books to find out what normal might be and challenge yourself as to what that definition might be. And so agents are probably need to just put the car back into park for a second, look in the rearview mirror and go, okay, wow, that last nine months was pretty crazy. We're going through our traditional winter period where... Uh, where things we, do slow down. Things slow down all the time. Sales year on year, in, interestingly, have now uh, started equalising, i.e. last year's stats are the same as this year's stats because we've started to enter the year-on-year year comparison where incentives were coming and we came out of COVID and people were really active in... I think we hit 1,400 sales for a week in June just after the grants came in. Yeah, so I looked at for last week's sales. It was, um, I think we had 850 according to Rewa last week uh, this year and we had 919 the year before. Yeah. So really similar numbers and that demonstrates how the market began to take off post-lockdown uh, where everyone sat at home and decided they didn't like their house anymore and started looking at their upgrade options straight away. And this leads me to that point I said at the start is that it's great to see that it has sustained. Yeah. It wasn't a blip. And it just because it takes more than a few days to sell a property now doesn't mean that's abnormal. I'd actually prefer to see that because what it demonstrates is that the market has enough time to make a concerted decision about that. If it's two, three, four weeks that it's been on, it's had two or three home opens, that's how an agent actually extracts the best price. Yep. Not in four days. Yeah. It takes three or four weeks and that's where you really see a fair market value. And what also I'd like to point out is that we're certainly not seeing any negative growth. We're continually seeing massive growth on most suburbs. It's just the craziness of the FOMO on the first day of a property coming up probably isn't there because all those people have bought now. Yeah. It's the more pragmatic buyer who's readjusting to the price, giving a little bit of pushback, saying, I'm going to think about this for a weekend and then still making that decision. Right? Yeah. It might not be 15 to 20 multiple offers. offers. It's 5 to 10 after a couple of weeks. That is still so far ahead of where we were two years ago yep. and so far ahead of generally just a good sustaining market. We're still well above a market that's just chuffing along doing what it should do. Yeah, and I think we will look back in history and see that uh, we did come off a really, really low base here, that, that our market was really cheap. I think the locals... Uh, whether they be already living in Perth or, or people returning home, anyone that's been within our market in the past or owned or or uh, sold anything in our market in the past will understand that we were really cheap. And I think that any potential purchasers out there should take stock of what you just said, that it's not that normal to go and have one look at a house and, and make an offer that evening. I know that's how things play out a lot, but often you need your own cooling off period of going, you know, maybe just looking in the mirror a little bit and going, right, are we going to buy this thing and what are our motivations for buying it? Obviously, people do that over a number of weekends when they look at different home opens, make offers, miss out and then get to the next stage and that means that they can make decisions more quickly on some properties. Probably a recommendation to purchase is, is to try and find properties that are, have less interest as we go through this period of winter where there's less interest generally out there. But I'm pretty confident that we're definitely not going backwards in terms of retreating price. The speed of growth will slow down. There will still be growth in most suburbs in our marketplace uh, and there will still be really good demand in terms of either people returning to WA, investors coming to get involved in our market because we're still cheap relative to other marketplaces, being driven by, by rents continuing to increase uh, and obviously also being driven by some of those headlines that have been out there in the last two weeks and that's population growth because we need skilled workers. And that's the driver always of sustained price growth is population growth because they all need somewhere to live. Another he headline is we've just had 11 new suburbs enter the $1 million median house price space uh, which brings us now up to 48 suburbs of our 300 suburbs in Perth that yep. are above a million dollars. 
talking about the most expensive one, Cottesloe. Yeah. I just wanted you to give me, maybe a bit of an example as to that. I, I, again, one of the agents I've been speaking to have gone, oh, slow down a little bit. Yep. Came from Cottesloe. What's your perspective of how things have gone on the ground? Yeah, so still a very active market. Still properties, depending on what they are, selling pretty much before they hit the market. Interesting that the demand for land at a number of price points has been very active. So we've seen vacant blocks that have been held by vendors for a long period of time suddenly transact pretty much in, in the day that they've listed for well above and we're talking 30% above what we thought that it would have been worth in the most recent history. So, you know, nine months ago. To give people a price range, that's kind of a two and a half to $3 million type transaction. Then we've had some quite significant transactions above five and, and another one recently around seven. So on the, the seven mil purchase, just to, again, give everyone a, a flavor of where the markets come from and where it is now, uh, you're talking a really large lot. It's got views. Obviously, it's a special property. It's 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 high value property. It's mainly land value at that price. It has got a, a character house on it. But that's come off a purchase price in the last within the last five years. I haven't checked that date, but within the last five years, at about four and a half. So there's your pure growth statistic in terms of us analysing that marketplace. Underlying land value for just single residential product within the location in all locations, whether it's got views or or not views, back street or thoroughfare has easily gone up by 20 to 30 percent in the last uh, nine nine months or so you'd be kicking yourself if you're an owner occupier and you thought oh i'll just hang on i'll just wait we'll let all this craziness relax and then i'll buy my view very strongly is the best time to buy is yesterday the next best is today and the worst is tomorrow and that isn't always the case in a market that's slowing down where population is retreating where people are leaving where supply is oversupplied the best time is to is to wait we're not in that time everyone really needs to recognize that whilst it is probably going to be a good time now in winter to have a crack at things it's still not as good as it was even in the crazy three months ago it might be a little bit less stressful yep. but it will be more expensive than it was in january yeah the, the numbers on. have already proved it right yeah absolutely another way to, to demonstrate sustained growth in a market is how the housing product starts to shift in terms of that growth so when the market first started moving it wasn't the apartments and the units that were moving it was the owner occupied blocks and the development blocks those were the ones that showed the most strength the quickest right yeah and we're all sitting there going oh you know at some point the apartments and the units will start to move we're starting to see that now aren't we especially in the luxury space yep yeah absolutely so as the demand gets through those those single residential sites and development sites and i suppose the most preferential option for people that are looking to buy we then cascade down to what products next and therefore what product looks cheap in the, the, the purchaser's mind. So not saying that there's a whole lot of bargains out there, but that's the way the market moves. They start looking, okay, I can't- A compromise. Yeah, yeah. I can't afford single residential in, say, Cottesloe because the land value went up. So can I afford a one-bedroom apartment as a starter to get me into that location because I really want to live there? Or do I go to the next suburb, which might be slightly cheaper because it's not the, the most expensive suburb in Perth. We've focused a lot on the higher end of the market because it's where most of the data is. It's sexy as well. It's nice to talk about those yeah, places. Yeah. What about down below the median house price? Personally, what I've seen is those numbers, whatever it was, 350 is now 450. Yep. What it was, 250 is now 350. And we saw it in the last boom as well. Everything just clicks up 100 grand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, just as a, a, an example, it's not right down at that level, but I just wanted to give an example of uh, a northeastern suburbs transaction that we've just seen this week. 680 purchase in November 2020, just sold for 780. Uh, and all they've done is change the floor coverings in that house. And so, you know, for people in that slightly just above, you know, there'll be a lot of people in Perth in that zone in 
in terms of the value of their house. It's quite significant growth over a relatively short period of time to show you how far things have moved. Um, Is that growth or is that the market allowing good value buying before Christmas and now the other way going where people were crazy and just paying overs yeah. this time. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think it was probably, it had to have been good value buying pre-Christmas in terms of timing. And don't forget, if it settled in November, they were probably dealing on it in you know September, October type time frame. So you are talking a, a decent nine months there worth of growth. There is the 20%. Growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, now, down at that bottom end of the market, I think that's probably uh, one of the most important things here because it is the part of the market that suffered the most as we turn down. When you get 5 10 15% retraction in value at the bottom end of the market where people's LVRs are sitting at 90 to 100% as they get into a, a dwelling of that value, yep. they get really trapped. It starts affecting lots and lots of their life uh, in terms of you know, emotion side of things, finance side of things, relationship side of things. Um, you start wondering whether you've done the right thing, et cetera, et cetera. You the know. lawn stopped getting mowed. Exactly. And that affects the street. Yeah, yeah, spot on. So I think there's a massive opportunity there for those people to, to, to check in on the value of where their house is, is at now. Um, they may have stopped kind of caring in the past and now might be the time, in, in particular with the talk around interest rates, obviously being pretty much, you know, they've come up slightly in terms of fixed rates. They're still the lowest they're ever going to be. A couple of the banks are talking about them going up in the next year or two. And so now might be the time to review that equity position in in those houses because 10 or 15% growth at the bottom end of the market is really significant in terms of people being able to refinance and use the equity in their house to to go and get a cheaper rate and therefore change their their cash flow or their repayments on a a weekly and a monthly basis. If you've bought a property in the last few years with Keystart and that LVR has been lagging for quite a while, now might be that opportunity yep. to look about at that refi. Have your mortgage come down from 4.5% to 2.5% could change your life. Yeah, spot on. And uh, look, I don't know those repayment numbers off the top of my head, but there's definitely a weekly saving to be had there. And the people that own their own house now are in that zone of being better off than the people that don't own a house in terms of rents going up. They can actually reduce their cost of living effectively in their repayments whilst rents are going north for people that uh, unfortunately haven't been able to get into the market so far. And that's the that's the point where when markets move, wealth gaps widen. Yep. And it widens based on the haves and the have-nots. And yep. it's not people who have got millions and people who don't. It's people who had property before the market moved and people who waited. Yep. And yeah, the, yeah. the wealth gap widens as everyone, as that, at that point in time, everyone is making money along the way and those people will then, who didn't buy they're missing out even further and they're further and further away. Their deposit can't catch up anymore because the market's moving quicker than they can save. Yeah, yep. And those people, the other thing I'd probably suggest in terms of a tip would be that don't wait around for someone to call you. Your bank's not going to call you. Your broker's not going to call you. They're all super, super busy. Uh, You need to be proactive and get out there and and do something about it yourself. Uh, And once you're... uh, you're ready to get out there, i.e. you need to get your information together to go and see your financial advisor, whoever that is. So whether it's a broker or a banker, make sure you've got everything clean and cleaned up and ready to go. So, you know, make sure you've done your tax return, that you've cleared some credit cards. Maybe you might want to cancel some credit cards to make yourself look a little bit cleaner in terms of someone to deal with, but be ready for it and be financially healthy Go and see those people and be ready to, to get organized. And obviously part of that is um, probably doing a little bit of research in your own suburb to go, right, the place down the road, I'll talk to the agents and find out what that sold for and then compare that to where my, my debt's sitting at the moment. Something I wanted to focus on in this episode was a conversation about whether we have returned back to boom prices yet. 
Yep. Soon enough, I'll be doing a piece with Channel 9 about this exact thing. Yep. Where prices were in 2014, where prices got to in 2018, and then where they are now. Yep. And here's a perfect example for you, Brendan. Cool up. Good, gentrifying suburb, close to some strong suburbs like Cardinia, Winthrop, Hilton, Melville, those sort of areas, yep. right? So a lot of great ripple effect suburbs around it. It has a good infill zoning as well of R30 and R40 for most of the blocks. This is what's happened over that time. I picked out the most expensive property sale on one street in 2014. I picked out the least expensive sale down on the same street in 2019. And then uh, just one street over, a very similar property, what's happened in March. 119 Winterfold Road. It's a three by one on 723 square meters. Yep. Triple X block. In 2014, it sold for $585,000. Yep. That was 119 Winterfold Road. At 233 Winterfold Road, just down the street. Yep. Another three by one. On the same square meterage in 2019, so five years later, sold for $349,000. Right. 585, five years later, down to 349. Wow. Same block, same um, post warhouse. Yep. Right? Three months ago, on the 9th of March 2021, this is only 15 months later from that 349 sale, the same house. On the same block on 18 Waverley Road, just down the just down the road, yeah, around the corner, right? Yep. Same zoning, 580. Wow. Okay. So it went from 585 to 349. Yep. To 580. Yeah, yeah. And I've got examples of that across Coolbelup, Willoughby, Balga, Nolamara, North Beach, and Morley, yep. where the same thing has happened. Yeah, yeah. For me, that is a perfect representation of what's happened in this market. Yep. We started off at levels where people were going, "This is unsustainable." Yep. We dropped down the levels going where people were saying, this is unsustainable. The yes. other way, right? <laughs> this is a bargain. This yep. is a bargain, right? Can't stay this low forever. And in the space of 14 months in the cool up situation, we've gone from the bottom of the bottom back to the same price as it was when people were saying this is crazy. Yeah. And it's not stopping there. No, no. No, and so that should... What those, do you think about that? Yeah, those stats should give people some confidence that they're still not paying too much in that the depths that we've plumbed there in terms of the low value... Uh, seem quite extreme when you put them against those other two values on the outside and it also means that people could take some comfort in the fact that we've only just got back to where we were in 2014 i.e. the previous uh, uptake in the market and I'd argue that our market's uh, healthier and more mature than it was back then. In addition to that, interest rates back in 2014, which is a huge and you're, and yep. a huge serviceability factor with regards to the ability to afford this. Yeah. Yes, it was a problem affording this because interest rates were sitting at about 5% yeah, yeah. at that time, possibly even 6 if I remember correctly. Yeah. Now they're at 2 yeah, yeah. So the average person would have been at a kind of five and a half, six percent rate, I reckon, back in in twenty fourteen. Yep. And so now, if you're sitting there at two to threes, you know, even if you going into that deal and going, okay, well, my average interest rate in the future will be threes, just for a, a feasibility side of things, and making sure you've got correct allowances, you're still looking really cheap in terms of servicing that property now, which again is motivation to maybe continue to play in the market and not be scared about the fact that it's going to drop away again tomorrow. Exactly right. So for that same price point, we were paying about $2,700 a month for our P&I mortgage. Now it's about $1,700. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's amazing. $1,000 cheaper per month on a serviceability basis for your mum and dad to come in and buy the same house at the same price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is, for me, the fundamental reason. It is quite artificial, but it, it's still real. It's a fundamental reason why this market has a lot more to go in it. Yeah. Until the point where the cash rate gets lifted to about 3 4%, the interest rate's back up to about 6%, then we can have a conversation. Or if... 
everyone starts leaving Perth and demand falls away, then we can start having a conversation about whether it's sustainably affordable or not. We yeah. are still the most affordable state in Australia, Brenda. Yeah, absolutely. So our, the only barrier we've got there in terms of people coming in right now, which again serves to what we're saying here about property prices, is there's not a great amount of supply there. If we do start organising for skilled migration into the state to, to service the work that we've got on our plate, whether that be hospitality or mining or professional services, we are going to really struggle to house those people. They're, they're not going to have that many options in terms of somewhere to rent or somewhere to buy. Now, going back to this TV piece that I'm doing with Channel 9, the initial thing they asked me to do was tell me, what are the five to 10 suburbs you think are the ones that haven't gone yet, yep. that are next to go? And what I did was actually come back to them and say, that's not a good piece yep. because they've all gone. Yeah. Right. What we should be focusing on is recognizing the fact that there are no wins anymore in this market compared to a year ago. Yep. They've all gone. We should be focusing on areas that suit our lifestyle and having good quality homes and just getting in at a price, at a place that suits us. Yep. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you've got to be buying the, the place for the right reasons. And so there's still obviously going to be a large section of the market that are, that are desired to upgrade, i.e. they're looking across the highway or the railway or the, or the river and deciding that that's where they want to be in the future. So obviously the suburb they're in has gone up in value. Uh, obviously interest rates are cheap. And so why wouldn't you, as we go through this winter period, go and investigate the stock in that upgrader suburb? You've then got investors that uh, statistically are not really playing in our market. Rents are going up. We still look relatively cheap in our opinion. So why wouldn't they come and play in the market as well in terms of getting involved if they're believing in population growth and that skilled migration into, into WA? That's a great point. What we haven't really recognized yet is that our investor rate is still at about 20% of the market. It should be up at about 30, yeah. right? So there's still that big gap. It was about 15 when this run started. So it hasn't really moved yet. No. The longer you wait to get in and the closer you get to spring season, which is a great time for sellers. They love it there, right? Yep. Uh, that would be the only arbitrage moment I can think right now for people if they think, how can I possibly win? Buy in winter. Yeah. Yep. Because it's not going to get any easier in spring. Yeah. And the interesting thing talking amongst the Heron to White group is we were trying to nut out why they, the, the participation of investors wasn't that great in WA. And when I start talking to my colleagues on the East Coast, people that live in Sydney have made massive capital gains on their existing owner-occupied residents. And then they've gone looking for those gains locally as well. So instead of in the past where they've come to the East Coast and gone and, and we're out of cycle, they've grown, we're at the bottom, they come and buy something here. We're all growing at the same time this time around. And so now they're going further afield from Sydney. And so we're seeing uh, investment in Sydney and then external to Sydney, whether they go up the coast into, into Queensland or even down into Victoria to buy lifestyle properties or just straight out investment properties. And they're not coming to WA at this point in time. Is it a good thing or a bad thing that we haven't had a huge influx from the East Coast? Well, it's a good opportunity for, what... for locals here. Whether you want to be an investor or, mm. or an owner or occupier, uh, it still means that I, I would estimate that there's more demand coming because those people will start looking around because they're getting more expensive quicker than we are. Well, that's what recently came out. A study from the University of New South Wales came out a couple of weeks ago essentially saying the Australian housing market is killing the economy yep. and that housing is now totally unaffordable for anyone under 35. Now, that's all well and good for someone coming out of the University of New South Wales to say when they're sitting in a median house price point of $1.1 million yep. and their neighbours down the road are at about 850. Yep. Uh, what frustrates me is that we never see anything from anyone 
who actually has considered the West Australian market for more than three seconds. Yep. It's still very affordable here. Yep, absolutely. And a medium house price, for, for all that it is just a statistic, still bears that out. You know, it's it's less than half yeah. of what Sydney is. Yeah. And and back in that previous boom that we we're talking about in 07s, 08s, and then 14s, let's not forget that our median house price was definitely not half what Sydney is. No, it was sitting at about 80 90%. Yeah, yeah. And yep. that's where, if that was to happen from a really macro level, you start to see that, you go, yeah, we're probably cooked. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good way to put it I think if yeah, you, yeah. even if you stripped all the micro away from the analysis and you just look at the macro space at one graph that really meant nothing right yeah. but you looked at it and you go oh geez Perth's line's right up there next to Sydney's that's not a good thing yeah that's Back a then, really bad indicator that was our, our indicator to say look in the mirror is this sustainable? No. Yeah, exactly right. Mate, what a great chat. I think it's been quite informal, but at the same time, really informative. Yeah. I hope that people take that message that we've still got confidence in the marketplace. Uh, there's a lot of caution out there in terms of people wondering how much further this can go, whether they get involved, whether they hold back is probably the one I hear the most in terms of the high-end suburbs, median house price suburbs, or even first-home buyers getting into an established dwelling. We'll wait for it to come back again. We'll wait for it to dip again in value. And I'm just not sure that whilst they're in their buying zone, let's think they're buying in the next couple of years if they've got enough money to be looking now, it's not going to be cheaper than it is right now. And we go back to your today, tomorrow, and where where is the cheapest time to buy? Heard it there, guys, from the best value in Western Australia is actually put his balls in line and said... I really reckon it's going to keep getting more expensive. And if it if it ain't coming from me and it's coming, not coming from Brent, I don't know who else it has yeah. to come from for people to recognize that, yeah, look, there has been a step change in the market. And as long as the macro fundamentals stay the way they need to be in terms of cheaper interest rates, population growth still coming in and supply not somehow just magically opening up within the first 25 k's of the city, there is only one way price can go as long as affordability stays reasonable. Yeah. And I'm not talking about it being another 30% growth in nine months. That will probably never happen in a lifetime again. I'm just saying that there's continued growth and there's never a better time to get in than than today. Brendan Ptolemy, Managing Director of Heron Todd White. As always, love the chat and I'll speak to you next time. Cheers, Trent. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!